Mother's well, Day. Well, happy almost Mother's Day to you, my love. Love, we've almost got two weeks. I know, I know. But if I say it early, then you'll know I love you. And if I forget the day of... I know you love me. me. Okay. <laughs> we actually do have a special gift for you right now. Because each of our kids listed their top mama memories to share. So, drum roll. <laughs> Ethan, number one, says, Mom does late night talks with me. Number two, Mom does sidecar donuts to chat with me. And number three, Mom gives firm and kind correction to me. So, very that nice. So Peyton says, number one, mom rejoices with me. Number two, mom mourns with me. And number three, mom always brings my heart problems back to the word of God. Mm. And I like Zeke's. Number one, mom makes lunch. Number two, mom says goodnight. Number three, mom plays basketball. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love you all so much. Thank but actually, you. in all seriousness, this is kind of an early Mother's Day episode because our guest is someone that you know pretty well, actually. Ethan! Yeah. Today, we've got our son Ethan in studio on the mic this time, and we're going to talk all things teen and take an honest look at challenges young men are facing, especially in the world that we're in now, and ways that we as dads and moms too can be there for them. Yay. That so you're ready? So fun. Yes. Ethan, you ready? Let's roll. How dare you say that to me? <laughs> what did I say? I don't know, but how dare you? Okay, buddy, this should be fun. Thank you so much for doing this. My pleasure. Um, here's the big picture, everybody, of what we're doing today. I have my son, Ethan, here, um, as you've already heard, and we're going to be just talking like we do in the evenings about teen life guy stuff, and we have three simple points. Number one, God's design for young men. Number two, kind of tough things that teens deal with. And number three, what we're going to call the age of opportunity and kind of the, the positive and the opportunity that teens have. But first, introductions. Most people in Date Night Fam know that Ethan is kind of our tech guy. <laughs> You're kind of always <laughs> in the background, but they probably don't know much about you. So you're 16 and a half. You just bought your first car, Kia Forte, right? Mm-hmm. Graduated high school, started at TMU, working part-time here at the church. You've read more books than anyone I know. Um, and the only thing I think you love more than the Dodgers is chocolate chip cookies. Is that right? <laughs> yes, and Chick-fil-A. <laughs> in all seriousness, you are a real blessing to have around, um, devoted to the church, respectful in the home, and a great brother to Zeke and Peyton. Well, that's because of the Lord and you guys as well. It's been a good run so far, and uh, we love you so much. I don't know if you remember, um, even doing this podcast reminds me of all those times together after Taekwondo. We'd sit out at the coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, you bribed me with hot chocolate. <laughs> it was worth it. And it I was think worth it. Our modern context requires dads to be intentional like that. Mm. Because culture is very challenging in the very definition of our calling roles and even biology as men. It is. It is. It's getting harder and harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the societal confusion and without dads who clarify God's word, it's going to be really hard for your generation. I think that right there is probably, I would say, the heart of this whole podcast. So real quick, just speaking to everyone listening, if you're a teenager and you're watching the world kind of, in quote, go to hell in a handbasket, trust your dad and trust your mom. And if you don't have a dad who knows the Bible, then seek out a mentor from church. And then number two, let me speak to all my fellow fathers, we have to take our role serious because right from the early years, we need to remember our little boy isn't there to make us happy and us to feel fulfilled, but rather we're there for him. He's a temporary consignment. He's on loan in our family from God for us to prepare to take his place in the world as a trophy of God's grace and an agent of God's values. And so dads go hard. You want them to have deep roots and then big wings. Amen. All right. Well, let's do a quick two-minute setup, buddy, on God's design for young men, uh, and then we'll talk teen life a little bit. Sound good? Yep, for sure. Can you read Genesis 1 for us? Of course. So it says... 
Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have communion over the fish in the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over livestock and over the, all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay, so that foundational statement, which I'm assuming our entire date night audience knows, describes what Adam and all his sons were purposed to be um, and who our boys are to become. And let me just speak to the parents real quickly. We want to keep those four noble goals in mind for the 18 years that we have our children in our home, especially our sons. Number one, I'll just repeat them and then you can write them down. They're to be men who know God because the Lord made Adam to know him and relate to him in a way no other part of creation could. Number two, there to be men who exercise what we call dominion over the created world, and that just means oversight, and though they don't need to run the world, they'll be a part or a corner of that world that he's responsible for. Number three, there to be men who love their wives, because God created men to be a reflection of his intellectual, emotional, and volitional image, and that means from the earliest days, our little boys need to know that girls also are a divinely prized part of God's highest creation, which leads to number four, there to be men who replicate themselves, meaning most of our sons will find wives and then be blessed with children. Is there anything in that kind of foundational statement, Ethan, that you would add? Yeah, probably just a perspective for teen guys that we always want to respect parents and authority figures. But also, based on God's design, we don't need to fear building our life and building our home and stepping forward to embrace new adventures and leave a legacy. That's really good. So let's get honest from the top up here, buddy, um, on these guiding principles. Look at your own life. Think about me and mom. Do you feel that this was and is clear for you? And are there things, or do you think there are things that me and mama could have done better? Be honest. Be honest. (laughs) Well, you're the only parents (laughs) I've ever had, so I really don't have anything to contrast. That's true. Yeah, you have no one else to compare us against. (laughs) But yeah, I'd say mom especially has grounded us in the word since we've been really small. And you've helped clarify my God-given abilities as I've matured. And certainly we, Zeke as well, are preparing to court a wife, protect, provide, and Lord willing, build a family that honors Mm -hmm. God. Like, for example, we were talking the other night how I've got a very biblical world picture And at the next year at TMU, that I'll bump against a lot of other world pictures, and then we'll have a much better idea about how my world picture comes into a world view. Yeah, that's really true. That's what happens. You know, I don't know if it's Aristotle or somebody, and you have these world pictures that you develop when you're basically age three to age 14, 15, and then that world picture goes out, and it bumps up against everyone else's world picture, and then you kind of see how it stands and how it meets the test, and then that's Mm -hmm. when you end up with your kind of ongoing adult worldview. So it's going to be an interesting year for you next year. So help me picture in, in, in your mind, if you were to take your current world picture, what does that look like? How do you see that looking maybe someday in your own home? Mm hmm well, more and more, I picture a role in ministry, a Bible-saturated home, and then a praying home like ours where we see you and mom kneeling, mm-hmm. and a thankful home where we spend time around the table doing prayer and praises, and a lot of the things I've seen growing up. And you're already saving for that, to meet <laughs> and to court and, and date a gal? Yep, so for sure. So you're ready to go talk to a father, and you know, should we auction you off today? <laughs> Anyone listening, if you've got young women, it's money in the bank, ready to protect and provide. (laughs) Well, let's just get real. It's just us guys, and we're talking tough teen things now, because the teenage years are not easy. Nope. So what's the number one, if you had to specify, toughest thing about being a teenage guy in 2023? Mm -hmm. I'd say it's probably the pace of developing into an adult. 
meaning how quickly the questions turn from what sport do you play to what do you want to be when you grow up? And that all hits really fast. Mm, yes, it does. And in those first few months, the pimples come, the voice begins to crack, and the attraction to the other sex begins, mm. and it's a confluence <laughs> of emotions and concerns. Yeah, and some guys, their voice changes slow. Other guys, it's fast. You know, you went from talking high, and then one day later, it was like, boom, <laughs> yep. I'm Ethan. I remember telling Peyton once, enjoy being young because there's plenty of adulthood coming. <laughs> <laughs> I should have believed you. Let me just probe a little there. What were some of the key maturity challenges you remember facing? For sure. I'd say working in money was a big one because I've always been driven and I had this recycling business. So I just thought I'd get a job and nail it. <laughs> but man, was I wrong. Just the reality of showing up every day, submitting to authority, being corrected, learning to remember stuff and learning that employers really do have a set of set of expectations that must be met or you're fired yeah, yeah right in a trump <laughs> in a trump voice you're fired right and i told you i think i got fired from my first two jobs and i was older than you and I, until my i remember the day my credit card got declined and it hit me man i i better work this work thing's really important totally so any other teen tensions that you would specify the last year or two yeah i think relating to adults can be hard primarily because we're suddenly tall enough to look adult but that doesn't necessarily mean our verbiage and social skills are there. Mm. So it's like being a freshman on the varsity squad when you're technically on the team, but not everyone really <laughs> believes you are. That's so good. My daddy once told me, we're all just eight-year-olds on the inside pretending to be grown <laughs> up on the outside. I think it's tongue-in-cheek, but there's some truth in that. Yeah. And it's right in line with what's preparing for the future. Like, for example, we were talking last night. My mind naturally plays out the chess game of life. And I have my life opener, quote unquote, mm. that I've been playing. But then another idea or option opens and I struggle with whether to ignore it or redirect. And sure. I don't know what and to then do. everyone else has opinions too. And they're yeah, throwing them at you. You should do this and you should do this. <laughs> I think that's why Solomon, I guarantee it, kept pounding the wise counsel thing into Rehoboam, his little guy. You know, listen to me, listen to mom, listen to the palace counselors. Because it's just, even though it doesn't nail it, wisdom really does help protect us from a lot of issues. And wisdom comes from experience. And that's the struggle of youth. We just don't have the experience. Um, I remember the old saying, the hard way to learn is by failing. The easy way to learn is by asking. Um, and that's a really good life lesson to remember. Just always ask mm -hmm. a bunch of wise people in your circle. So any other tough things that you can think of during the teen years? Yeah, girls, for example. <laughs> yeah. Women are definitely another challenge of these three of these years and it's a multifaceted one because there's a general desire to meet a young woman and there's also the battle for mental purity yep and that continues for life yep and i'm so thankful for my youth leaders like pastor desmond mr jordan mr axel and mr elijah just to name a few that mm. got me on good books met with me met with you guys and trained us to confess sin very early so that we take the way of escape that christ offers and prayerfully not get trapped well let me kind of ask you to speak to young men there. So think about guys your age listening around the world. What would you tell your friends on that subject? Yeah, well, I'm certainly no hero, but I'd say two things. First is to get into the Word and get it often. And also invest in actually read good books, like Disciplines of a Godly Man by Kent Hughes. And also, secondly, to talk with your parents about these things. Mm -hmm. Certainly about temptations, but also about dating and marriage and make sure that you're praying for your future wife and asking the Lord to take care for her. Why does praying for our wife help? Well, certainly because God answers prayer, but also because it keeps our will aligned with His, which is what prepares us to be the godly man that this godly woman will actually need. That's really good. So anything else? Let me open it up to you. Anything else as you look back on the last two years and you go, man, that was a tough season yeah being a teenager 
While just mood swings, which seem to be the most notable in the teen years, like no one cares or what's the purpose or what's the point of life in general. Nobody likes me. <laughs> Everybody hates me. It does I feel guess that I'll way. I'll go eat worms. Yep. And I'm learning that it's so important to take thoughts captive, stay busy, meditate on scripture, and invest in others. And most importantly, not to make home a free-for-all emotionally where you act one way in public and then <laughs> come home expecting everyone to kneel to your emotions. That's really true. I don't think that ends in the teen years, by the way. <laughs> we, <laughs> we men, we go to work and then drive home thinking, I'm going to eat and veg and be served. You know, my wife's going to rub my feet. That's not the way it works. That's not life. We have to put our uniform number two on for job number two, which is leading our home, loving our bride, and mm-hmm. finishing strong. Yeah. Paul Washer once said that being a Christ-like leader gives us the right to be last. Mm, the right to sacrifice. Come on. Well, let's shift gears. Enough of the Eeyore stuff. You know, we all know there's trials of the teenage years, but it's also an age of opportunity. I don't know. We've over the years talked about it many times. Mm -hmm. Let's hit a few of those. What are some of the highlights growing up for you? And even better yet, speak to all the teens listening. What are some encouragements, things that they can embrace in the years 14, 15, 16, and Mm -hmm. 17? Well, I'd say go hard for starters. And while this took a while to click for me, It's not just our body that's growing so quickly, but also our mind. So investing spiritually, academically, and socially can expand on our foundation in a really neat way so that we're prepared for the true adult years that are coming. Give me some examples of that. Yeah. Don't just take classes you have to, but try adding logic, debate, or business classes or something that you know will help you down the road. And surround yourself with podcasts like FTG, Living Waters, or Steve Lawson instead of comic book movies and YouTube. I love when John MacArthur said that when you have a difficult decision to make, you should choose the harder one instead of the easier. That's really good. Speak to that issue of friendships, because friends are a big part of our life in the teen years. And I've, you've often heard me say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Mm-hmm. I'd say try to befriend people without expecting anything back, but also really look to encourage other teams that are hurting and alone. Because the reality, as you mentioned earlier, Dad, is that everyone is going to have the same feelings and temptations I'm going through. Even those that seem to have it together, quote unquote, really don't. And also, make sure to be intentional with making relationships with other guys that clearly love Christ. That love Christ. I love that you said that about the fact that everyone's going through it. And even if it's, you know, this guy who's a a varsity superstar (laughs) and it seems like everything is working well, Mm -hmm. deep down inside, all those questions and issues are still there. Um, and so yeah. I love that you said that. Amen. Can I add one more? No. Oh, Unacceptable. Come on. <laughs> of course. This season from 16 to 20 is one where we can do so much for Christ because we're developing full responsibility for ourselves, but basically have none for others yet. No wife, no children, no employees. So we should use it mm. and not waste it. Being in the word and going hard for the kingdom of God. Well said, buddy. Let me ask you, you're an avid reader. What are your <laughs> favorite books? Mm, that's a good question. Well, in no particular order, I would probably say The Disciplines of a Godly Man by Kent Hughes, The Gospel According to Jesus by J. Mack. This is a really good one for teenagers, When People Are Big and God is Small by Edward Welch, Desiring God by John Piper, and The Doctrine of the Word of God, If You Want Something Bigger by John Frame. And now, me and you are doing Albert Martin's Pastoral Theology on Monday nights. And I absolutely love it. And actually, I would say, anybody listening who's even at all interested in pastoral ministry, you've got to read Albert Mm -hmm, Martin's Pastoral Theology volumes. And I absolutely love doing it with you, buddy. Well, hey, thank you for being willing to come on. Thank you for being willing to share your thoughts. Thank you for being willing to to talk a little bit with old dad, boring old dad. (laughs) It's an absolute treasure having you as a son. 
and it's been an absolute treasure to be part of the Wood family. Okay. Well, hey, just a few final thoughts from the old man dad here. If you're a parent, a book that Bree and I have used over the years when it comes to teenagers is called Age of Opportunity by Paul Tripp. Uh, And there's a ton in there to love, but one of the highlights is his focus on what we call the 10 p.m. talks. And parents, if you know, you know. (laughs) For some reason, teens only like to share their heart at 10 p.m. In our home, we call it the pumpkin hour. Uh, Tripp actually says, instead of ignoring that, rejecting that, or fleeing that because you're tired, embrace it. And use those talks to bond with your teen and pour God's word into your teen. Uh, And also for the guys, I'd highlight a book by Mike Fabara's Raising Men, Not Boys. Uh, Ethan mentioned another one of our favorites is Disciplines of a Godly Man by Kent I've taken Ethan through that. I'm also now taking Ezekiel through that. He was going through that at age eight, so it <laughs> is editable. Uh, and for the gals, there's a great book by Nancy Wolgamuth called Lies Young Women Believe. Um, and so all of those would be really helpful tools as you continue to walk your teenager through these years that, although they feel tough, can also be an incredible age of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and just dads, let me just add this. Remember, we are raising men, not boys. And so uh, we, we don't want to be helicopter parents. We don't want to be lawnmower parents. We want to be letting our young men rise up as soldiers uh, in order to stretch, uh, fly, and expand and to leave a legacy for the kingdom of the Lord. Any final thoughts on all this, buddy? Yeah, just for young men to find godly voices, godly friends, and to read deeply, listen to good sermons and exposition regularly, and to be super honest with youth leaders. Like Proverbs says, humility comes before honor. That's really good. Well, let's pray. Father, we pray for the dads and their sons today, especially the teenagers, that you would give them desire, courage, and perspective to be men who know you, who locate their calling, live pure, and build homes to your glory. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Date Night family, we will be back in less than a week. Please leave us a review, send a message, and as always, we give a big thanks to Mission Bible Church and you, our Date Night family. So, until next Thursday, keep living for the gospel and fighting for the family. Mm